So today's episode is really exciting because I have two amazing guests joining me today, Jessica and Samantha from And Life Happened. And I'm just recording this quick intro, which I normally, you know, I clip things from the podcast so you guys can get a preview of it. But because there were two voices speaking, it was a little complicated. So I thought I would just jump on really briefly and just let you know that this conversation is all about how we navigate our relationships and the relationship dynamics that come into play when we're dealing with people who have emotions, whether it's our children, whether it's our careers and our uh, co-workers, whether it's our spouses and our partners or our friendships, whatever it is, we have to find a way to navigate difficulty and challenges in relationships. And a lot of that comes back down to the relationships that we have with emotions, not just our emotions, but how we navigate other people's emotions. So that's what we're talking about in today's episode. I hope you love it. Apologies for any kind of audio issues. We were using Zoom and some of it was kind of muffled, um, but I hope that you get a really amazing message or takeaways from it anyway. Thank you so much for supporting the show and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Mighty Emotions Podcast. I'm your host, Giselle. I'm a certified emotions coach, and I teach you how to respond better to your emotions so you can feel better in your life. My mission is to show you how to work with your emotions to become more emotionally resilient. Your emotions are not designed to overpower you. They're designed to empower you. On this podcast, I share what our emotions are, how to understand them and work with them, and the tools you need to reclaim your power and get unstuck from emotional pain so you can find fulfillment in your life again. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mighty Emotions podcast. I have two guests today, guys, so this is really exciting. Uh, I'm joined by Samantha and Jessica, who are hosts of the And Life Happened podcast, which I've been a guest on already several times. So this is really exciting to be the hosts of the party today. And they are also the moderators of the And Life Happened Instagram account, which is super aligned with the work that I do because it's all about resiliency and well-being and stories of overcoming hardship and just highlighting the strength of human beings and so you definitely want to listen to their podcast but today we're going to be talking about emotions obviously but from the lens of how we absorb other people's emotions or how we navigate other people's emotions um, because this is a very common topic and we're all moms here and so you know, highlighting that primarily from that lens, but also just in everyday life, in all the interactions and relationships we have, how we are dealing with not just our own emotions, but other people's emotions. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So Samantha, will you start off by letting the folks know who you are? Sure. Now I'm, you know, throwing this all together. So <laughs> um, I am a, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of titles, I think. Um, I'm a mama. Uh, I am a wife and a sister and a human being. And I um, will say that, you know, people are my heart. 
Um, and so that can kind of, kind of get tricky, which I think um, plays into the to today's topic so well. Absolutely. Yes. And Jessica, what are your titles? Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I did <laughs> I did mine a little differently, but it was so similar to Samantha. It's hilarious. And of course, I wrote mine down and I'm going to guess Samantha didn't because nope. that's how we are, right? Um, we're opposite yet similar. Um, so I am a sister to three, mom of five, grandma to two, and wife to one. Hopefully that's the norm. <laughs> I don't have other husbands out there in anywhere that I know of. Um, and um, I am just, just like Samantha, my passion is helping people to um, develop and find their own passions and become leaders, but also to feel resilience um, that they might doubt in themselves already. Beautiful. So I love that you guys kind of introduced yourself that way because it gives us a great starting point for this conversation because you highlighted right off the bat the roles that you have and the relationships that you are we're all interlinked with, right? Like we're interlinked with our children, mm -hmm. in your case, Jessica, grandchildren, our partners, our siblings, families, extended families, however that may be. And relationships are always the part that folks come to me in emotions coaching and they're the most challenged by uh, mm -hmm. because I think relationships can be the most triggering things. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of, you know, history uh there's a lot of different personalities at play so we're gonna kind of go one by one here just because there's three of us but sam can you start off by just sharing kind of your uh perspective on relationships kind of your your biggest uh learnings when it comes to just in general relationships that question is oh yeah are we gonna spend the entire time <laughs> I, I know I'm like that's a big question it's a big question but like if there's like one thing that you have to say for relationships with all the experience that you have what would it be I'm gonna say that communication is critical um in every single relationship that I have from my children to adults um communication can make or lack thereof can make things super muddy and yucky or it can provide clarity um and peace and so I think all of that and and it's not communication like this is hard for me sometimes but um <laughs> well I said it right I said it but it's really not about me it's about the person who's getting the one receiving the communication I love that. So like communication is equal parts listening as it is speaking, right? Because we haven't communicated if we're both not hearing each other. Right? Yeah. I think we forget that a lot, especially me uh, with my daughter. I'm like, wait, I'm speaking to you, but that doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean we're communicating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> So Jessica, what would you say is the biggest learning that you've taken away from, from relationships? You know, there's a lot, um, but I'll go with just an experience from last night because this is fresh mm. in my mind. Um, so you have to remember, we all have to remember that we are all humans, imperfect mm. 
or perfect. I mean, I'm going to go with imperfect humans. <laughs> um, we are all imperfect humans, but we have to remember that the person we're talking to isn't an object, they're a person, mm. and that everyone interprets things differently. So whatever you believe to be in your core, the concrete truth, there is an equal and opposite to whatever varying degree truth to the person you're speaking with. And when we come to a conversation, like what Samantha was talking about with communication, when we come to a conversation, we're bringing our own air quote truths to the table. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I found out a, a doozy of one last night that I thought, wow, this is part of our little conversation spiral here. And we both had very differing opinions of the situation and we weren't either wrong or right. We just had difference of opinions and hearing them and talking them through really helped us. So I'll go with that one today. Oh, beautiful. And what I'm hearing from both of your shares is the idea of safety and psychological safety when it comes to relationships. Like when that need isn't being met, how much emotional turbulence there is, right? And so I'm going to ask you both this question and feel free whoever wants to go first, but like, who do you think is the person responsible for cultivating psychological safety in a relationship? Oh, test today, Giselle. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh. I feel like we should have been prepared for this. <laughs> yep. Pop quiz. <sighs> I'll go, Samantha, yeah. unless you have an answer already percolating. Um, no, because my percolating answer, I don't know if I want to stick with it or not. <laughs> okay, well, and I mean, because again, I'm just going from last night. This year is 25 years of marriage in November. Congratulations. And thank you. And I'll tell you, I mean, it's a lot of work. And last, last night was, was so interesting because um, we had such an epiphany kind of a moment, but it was during a conversation where we were I think both of us giving psychological safety. I mean, like we were both coming from a place of we're not going to scream and yell at each other. Mm -hmm. We're going to sit and have this conversation, which is our norm. We sit and have conversations. But when you ask that psychological safety question, it had me thinking. Um, and I think that it's both because mm -hmm. my childhood <laughs> is going to inform my psychological safety that I carry with me. And I as an adult, have to work through those things, whether that's on my own with a therapist, with my friend, Samantha, um, you know, you have to work through those things that are maybe hindrances to your own personal feelings of psychological safety. But also as an adult, you have to choose people who are safe for you mm. and you have to know how to do that. And then also they have to be respectful enough to provide psychological safety as well. And I have to, for him as well or anyone that I'm speaking with, like, you know, I mean, I'm not talking about a mugger. I'm talking about people I have relationships with. Mm. So I think both, um, waited on me because it's my responsibility. If, if my spouse or a boss or something is not pro providing psychological safety, as far as what there is their responsibility, then it's my responsibility to leave. Mm. To so it's my process but again I'm not an expert here my expertise is like leadership <laughs> and resilience so that's my thought Samantha I you know it's funny because my idea that was percolating was both as well um and and the same the same stuff you were talking about with that idea of like 
what my role is in it, you know, and, and you know, I'm thinking of an instance um, with somebody previously and another adult where like, I never felt safe. And, but at one point I was choosing not to say anything. Well, that didn't make the situation better. Right. So then, then that is on me, like, because I needed to say something. And then if it still wasn't perceived and that person decided not to recognize it, acknowledge it, any of those things, then I need to make the decision. Is this, you know, I've put it out there. I've, I've done part of the the work. And if you're not receiving it, then, then it's time for me to make another decision. Right. Like, Yes. Um, so yeah, Jessica, completely. Hundred pass. Hundred <laughs> percent. Everybody okay, in gets the quiz A's. Now. <laughs> no, quiz that over. is the that is the answer, right? It is both. It is a team effort, and I asked that question because getting into this conversation today about relationships and managing our emotions, navigating other people's emotions, the foundation for me is always personal responsibility mm-hmm. in any kind of interaction emotional responsibility knowing what is mine to carry what is mine to handle what is mine to juggle and what is the other person's stuff mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and knowing like beautifully like you guys said when to walk away when to get support like that's all on me and I think that those are cornerstones of navigating the relationship dynamics with people who maybe are not capable of navigating their own emotions or managing their own emotions in a healthy way like children right. um, <laughs> so I do want to know because we're both moms and grandmoms here how has that been for you because if you guys have heard for the listeners if you go back and listen to the episodes I've done, I'm the, I'm the baby mom. I'm the newbie mom here. Um, you know, they both have some time on me. So I love hearing your wisdom when it comes to this. But I'm sure there's just so much that you've learned over the years about how to respond. Because we all going to react. Like, we're going to react naturally as human beings. And sometimes we judge ourselves for those reactions. But knowing both of you, I know that there has been reflection and intention when those reactions arise and when they don't feel good um, so that you can choose how to respond. So I'd love to know your experiences with that, if you don't mind starting, Samantha. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of a few specific incidences. I had one where I, my daughter, my daughter, wasn't listening or something I can I I know I can tell you right where it was happening all of that right she wasn't listening um and then I got agitated and responded like it's completely reactive uh, which escalated the situation and it ended up going pretty poorly and after I calmed down like two hours later I went back to her and I was like mommy needs to talk to you about this you know and what I did wrong um, and what, why I got agitated at certain points and, you know, all of that stuff. And I talked to her for three days in a row about it because I kept coming back, I kept reflecting. And I was like, mommy's still thinking about this, you know, and I wanted her to understand that sometimes we do react and it's, it's okay in a sense, 
if you reflect on it, right? Like I overreacted, I reflected on it and I need to work to help make that safety happen again. So she felt, feels comfortable. But in the same breath, there are times when, you know, she, I might be like, no, we can't, we can't go to the park. (laughs) We've got 12 million things to do. And she throws a fit. And I have now that our thing is, I, I say, mommy needs to walk away from you. And mommy needs to walk away because your crying is making me more agitated. And I don't want to be agitated with you. And so for me to not get agitated, I need to go take a breath. Mm. And the first time she followed me and that (laughs) rated on me so much. But just this weekend, she got upset about something. And I said to her again, I'm like, mommy needs to walk away, you know, and I just explained it to her. And she... I walked away, she walked away, and then we came back and we were both calmed down so much better. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) That is so beautiful. And I relate entirely because (laughs) I have such a powerhouse of a toddler. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people might think, oh, Giselle's the emotion coach, you know, she's great. It's like, you don't know emotions until you have a child okay (laughs) they are gonna bring it out of you especially when you know life is demanding and our needs aren't completely met or we're trying to set a boundary I mean we respond this way too with adults who act like children right and who throw adult tantrums we're gonna it's natural to react so I just wanted the listeners to know that this is completely natural that you get agitated or completely natural that you have a reaction that you're not proud of and the ability to reflect like you said and and go back and repair is what's going to help build that psychological safety but also for you to kind of I don't want to say heal necessarily because it's not always about Mm -hmm. healing but but for you to know you know what you value you know, Mm -hmm. like the ways we Mm -hmm. behave that align with our values. It's like, as a mom, I value her knowing that I'm there for her. And Mm -hmm. and I value, you know, keeping her safe and her feeling safe with me. And I'm not always going to react in a way that aligns with that. And then I correct it. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. you get back Mm -hmm. to that, what's important. So Jessica, from the perspective of mom, but also now grandmom, because I know that grandparents are so much more chill with the grandkids than they were with the kids. All of a sudden, they have all this patience. So please, please share your journey. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a couple things. First, you made an example of about how adults have outbursts um, too, like, you know, like um, navigating outbursts, outbursts with adults up front, complete transparency. Mm-hmm. I am much better with children. Mm-hmm. Than I am with adults. Um, so I know in my heart of hearts, children don't know better. So when they are doing something, um, I am much more calm and um, centered and focused when it comes to it. But if it's an adult and I think that they should know better, I am not as good with it. And, and in all reality, adults don't necessarily know better. They're just, they've been on the planet longer, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I need to be better about that. But I was going to give an example, very similar to Samantha. So I'm going to drive home her point. Um, And then I have a different example, but um, telling them that we've made a mistake is very important. Um, And I did that just the other day with my 18 year old and he didn't have a meltdown of any kind. Um, I had just made a decision. Here's the decision. 
Um, and then the next day came back and said, Hey, you know what? I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I've been thinking about it. And I really wanted you to know I made the right, the wrong choice here. Um, and he said, you know, I was going to come and talk to you about it. Cause I felt like it was the wrong choice. And I thought he was so mature about it. Mm. And I thought, then I did something right. I don't know where I went right in this conversation back in the day, but I did something right because he was able to come to me. He came to my room and I didn't know he had come to that, to my room for that reason, but he came to talk about uh, my decision. And I just happened. I was like, Hey, you're home. I wanted to talk to you about something I messed up. And so that was nice. Um, and so I wanted to drive that home that telling the kids that we made a mistake, I'm definitely not perfect at this. And I've gotten better at it as I've aged because I started having children very young. Um, but as far as the grandkids are concerned, I'm going to kind of flip the script a little bit. Um, and this goes with all kids, but it's so, something I started doing with my kids when they were little. And when I was a preschool teacher before having children is <laughs> um, I noticed that kids were misbehaving simply because they wanted attention and they didn't know how to verbalize it. And so I would sit down with my students. I mean, I had a huge class because, you know, that's daycare um, or with my own children one-on-one. -on -one, and I would tell them um, that this is the wrong kind of attention and that I could clearly say they wanted attention from me. So instead of doing blank, you know, fill in the blank, throwing their crayons, throwing a fit, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever, refusing to eat dinner, whatever the case is, whatever misbehavior you, you see a child doing and saying to them, tell me what you need. Tell me exactly what you need from me. And then I would give them a script. So in the classroom, it was, um, you know, Miss Jessica, I need blank or at home, mom, I need blank. And it, the, the most basic script was I need attention. And then I would talk to them about what kind of attention they need. Do you, what kind of attention do you need from me right now? Do you, you want to read a book? Do you just want to sit with me? What would you like mom to do? And I do that with my grandson as well. Um, but my, my oldest child was absolutely the epitome of this. <laughs> he, he did it so well because he was very um, black and white. Mm -hmm. And so as a child, I mean, he was, um, it was so easy to tell him something and then he could turn around and do it. So he would come out to me and he would just say, mom, I need your attention. I'd say, okay, what's going on? And I would stop what I was doing mm. because life is busy. And so um, I think that, I mean, on the flip side of telling kids when we do something wrong, helping to them to navigate the right kind of attention is also important too. I mean, they're so incredibly important. And I, I mean, I would say to them when they were, you know, after I taught it to them, I would say, are you going for the right kind of attention right now? And let them decide. And they would stop and think and go, no. And it's like, okay, what do you need to do now? And then they would ask for it. And that was my students, my children and my grandchild. So um, my other grandchild's a baby, so she's not there yet, but <laughs> that's when did insight. you start this? I started it when I was 17 um, in, when I was a preschool teacher. Well, what because age you started were the with kids? Oh, so I had, um, at the time I was uh, kinder pre-K or, you know, like pre-K group. Um, so four and five-year-olds were in there. They weren't old enough mm -hmm. for school, but I started it with my children as early as three. Okay. Thank you. Amazing. Yeah. Taking notes over here. Taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> that is no, because you know what? Emotions coaching is typically done for children for this reason, exactly what you're describing is getting them to identify what they're feeling, getting them to communicate mm -hmm. what they need, because that's why we have emotions. We have emotions to signal that our needs aren't getting met. Mm -hmm. And that is such a beautiful example because a adults, not all adults learn that. I didn't have anyone ask me, what do you need? Or do right. you need attention? 
And so I just behaved in like in animal instinctive ways, you know, Mm -hmm. and I didn't even realize what was happening. And so that's what continues to happen as we grow when we don't kind of have that that guidance. And so it kind of leads me to when we are talking about managing other people's emotions, your example was so great because they kind of need to help us. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like they kind of need to tell us like, hey, this is what's going on. Here's how I'm struggling. This is what I need. But if they didn't have that kind of understanding then like you said, being an adult is just the years you've been on the earth. It doesn't necessarily determine your emotional maturity. So when I was navigating situations with my spouse, for example, who's an adult, you know, getting over that expectation Mm -hmm. of how he's supposed to be, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. was really big in our, you know, in our journey together. So Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear kind of your experience of that. Oh, I'm way worse at this when we're talking about spouses. And stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm but horrible I'm... because I have built up expectations and I have assumptions and I have experiences mm-hmm. which um show that if I use my voice, it it will not be heard, not with the same individual, Mm -hmm. but I have experiences where it's like, okay, in this experience, multiple times over and over and over again, you use your voice and we're not heard. So Mm -hmm. why use your voice? Why try? Why? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm horrible. I'm horrible. I failed, Giselle. I failed. <laughs> no, you didn't. You no, you didn't because you know what? We all have been there, or we some of us listening are there. And it's good that we talk about it and normalize it, you know, because it doesn't it doesn't mean anything is wrong with you. It's just all of this is practice. Like until Jessica mm. just gave that wonderful example, I didn't know that would be mm. a way to speak to my toddler. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's it's all being, we're learning. So just that awareness that you have that it's not where you'd like it to be or that you have these expectations. I always say expectations are to be expected. Like, of course we have expectations. We like to have certainty. We like to feel like we know how the world works and how people work. We have a model for things. But when it comes to your expectations, I'm sure there are places where, you've adjusted or you've changed your mind in some way or you've given him some kind of grace in some way maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) you're like no never (laughs) well I I could share with my husband that this is still an ongoing thing um but I have to remind myself sometimes that he's not the person I'm thinking of in my head so there what I mean by that is there are times he'll do something and it will make me think of somebody else who did that similar thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of project that person onto him and I have to remind mm-hmm. myself like, Oh wait, who am I dealing with here? Mm-hmm. You know? And has he, you know, given me, is it fair to him? I should say to be doing this and, and knowing that he's someone I can communicate with, even if it takes years 
because sometimes I got to be talking to him about something for years before he's like, aha, yes, <laughs> I agree. I'm like, great, you know, but it, it helps me to, to practice tolerance and compassion. So Jessica, I know you said you were married for 25 years. Yes. So, (laughs) I mean, that's incredible. And you you shared at the beginning that you had a conversation last night, even. So how has that journey been for you, for the both of you? In regards to expectations, I will say um, we struggled with expectations in the beginning. And um, at the uh, I think about the seven year mark, you know, where they say the seven year itch, um, about the seven, seven year mark, we didn't think we were going to make it. Mm-hmm. And, um, we had learned, um, that our expectations of each other were, it's skewed. So, mm-hmm. and, and not communicated. So where I expected him to do things around the house and be a 50, 50 partnership, Um, And this isn't a negative thing on him. This is just what I expected. This was my internal dialogue that I thought everybody in the world thought as well. And, you know, and, um, and what he was raised with was like, this is just one example, but uh, the, the men did the outside and the women took care of everything on the inside. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'll tell you, we didn't have an outside. So (laughs) I was doing Uh everything on the inside and nothing was happening on the outside because we lived in an apartment. Mm. And so it was like, well, this isn't fair. I wanted 50, 50. And so there was a lot of tension being built up because we weren't, as Samantha mentioned earlier, communicating um, effectively what our expectations were. And so we sat down and talked about expectations and something else that we learned was that just because we have an expectation doesn't mean that the other person has to fulfill it. So Mm. Yes. And, and this is something that we learned um, through an outside source <laughs> back mm-hmm. in, at the seventh year. And um, it changed so much for us because it was, and it's a very weird phrase. Um, and I think people take it out of context, but it's, you can change the right person into the wrong one and the wrong one into the right one with your own actions. Mm. And, um, and so we took that and it didn't, it doesn't mean like you can take somebody who's abusive and make them your soulmate. Mm. or you can have a soulmate and turn them into somebody abusive. It's not like that, but it, it was really um, identifying what we needed to do in regards to our own expectations. So first we had to communicate them and then come to an accord. I mean, are you willing to do 50% of inside and outside, or is it smarter for me to do only the inside stuff and you to do the outside stuff or, um, you know, divide and conquer, you take one child to soccer, I take one child to volleyball, you know, whatever those expectations are, but first was communicating them. And second was coming to an agreement on, on how we were going to fulfill those um, because it's not, you know, my spouse's job to read my mind. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, um, and then the other thing about, you know, 25 years of marriage was just what happened last night. Like I said before, uh, the other day, I mean, this is a continuation of what happened last night, but the other day I said, um, what was I, I saying to him something about um, my interpretation is that uh, you are angry when we go on these trips, like you are um, angry and I'm absorbing your emotions and you're causing, this isn't how I worded it to him. Cause this is very mm-hmm. you, 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 but you know, just um, my interpretation was that the reason these trips were, you know, whatever that was grocery store, long trip, dinner date, whatever mm-hmm. they were miserable because he was grumpy. And he mm-hmm. said, well, that's interesting because my interpretation of it is that I'm having to make sure you enjoy it. And you are so stressed out about it that I am then absorbing your emotions and you're the reason that this isn't um, Mm. 
you know, a good trip to the grocery store or whatever. And so we're like, wow, that's a, that's a spiral. Okay. There's no answer here. <laughs> you know, like, we're like, what do we do with this? Yeah. And so we talked about our interpretations because our interpretations aren't correct. So then that came back to what Samantha said earlier is communicating it. And so last night was the continuation of that discussion. And I said, how do like, when, when you start to feel like you have to make sure everything's perfect for me on this trip or dinner or a new restaurant or whatever it is, something new, I'm, I'm averse to new locations. I get a little panicky. Mm. I said, so, so what is it that I'm doing or showing, or, you know, how am I behaving when this happens? And he didn't know. He Mm. has no idea. So I said, okay, going forward, I am willing to fix it. If you can tell me when it's happening. Uh-huh. And then that way we can identify where this is really starting from because my interpretation is it's you and your interpretation is it's me. And he said the same thing. So when I start to get grumpy, I will tell you I'm getting grumpy and the why, so then we can discuss what's going on so that we can go and live in the moment and have these amazing trips. Um, and again, that's like day trips, restaurants. I mean, we were just trying to check things off the list. Like, okay, let's go for a date night. And we would go and be as quick as we possibly could. Uh-huh. And get, you know, like, yep. it was just a checkbox, but I want it to be an experience. So um, that's, you know, that's just something that we're learning. And at 25 years, we are also different people. So we have to mm-hmm. continuously be willing to learn each other, um, and, and, and choose each other over and over again. I mean, thank you, Jessica. Thank you <laughs> for everything that you just shared there, because there is so much in there that I want to highlight. Um, like how much time do we have? First of all, the expectations as preferences, I teach about this all the time. Like our expectations are what we would like. They are what we would prefer, (laughs) Um, but they're not something that we can, you know, be a a dictator about. Um, So accepting that, absolutely. Also what you just said at the end about us changing, like even with my kid, like she's a different child at two and a half than she was a year ago. Like it's six months ago. It's bad. I'm, it's like I'm dealing with a different person and I'm different as well. So remembering that we're, we're both growing and we grow in our relationships, whether it's our kids, our, our spouses, whether it's our friendships that we've been in for a long time, even if we've worked somewhere for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. everyone has things going on in their life that's going to impact how they're showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that you like talked about that, I loved so much. And then the other piece I really wanted to highlight was the saying that talking about the absorbing the other person's emotions and coming back to the idea that when we're communicating like what what I found in my experience with my husband was always pointing back to okay what's most important here like you know what's most important that we share like we both want to be able to communicate with each other we both want this relationship to be healthy we both like what is the thing that we both want that we can kind of realign our expectations to match if that makes sense um so it's easier said than done and it's a lot easier with an adult than it is with a child um for sure but these are just things that i hope the listeners can kind of pick up um in to apply to their own lives and one thing i do want to talk about as we wrap up here is that we didn't really get into is how we feel throughout all of this like how we feel, um, how does it make us feel when we are interacting with our kid and they're not listening and we're tired and we're stressed? How does it make us feel when our spouse, when we're having a challenging time with our spouse? Because I know for me, there's a lot of fear. Sometimes there's guilt. Guilt has been showing up a lot lately. 
there can be a lot of shame mm-hmm. um so on this podcast we like to we like to acknowledge you know the emotions that we've moved through so sam do you want to start oh goodness <laughs> i think i feel a myriad of things um there's oh, there's anger and frustration mm-hmm. and um sadness yes um and okay so I'm a big one for this Giselle and I'm gonna have to tell you like um child like almost like a child right I I had an amazing therapist one time who always asked me to look at my age like really when you get to your feelings like how old were you Mm. an enlightening experience for me but like when I get into this I become super reactive I'm like oh my gosh, I'm probably 10 right now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't know. It's, it's really helpful for me. Um, and then, um, you know, that's in the heat of it, but then all of a sudden, like when I can get out of it, then there's like compassion and love and, um, shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely. Jessica, what about you? Oh, same same all I mean you, you know you feel all of them in the moment and if I just look at my grandson because it's the closest to a youngster that I have I mean you know my my youngest child is 18 so my grandson is five and um you know just in the moment sometimes I'm like oh I'm handling this so well yes I'm a rock star <laughs> and then other times I look back and go whoopsie doopsie like I did not do that right or, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have the fullest of intention to be very present 100% of the time that I have my grandson today. And then I get on my phone because mm-hmm. he's playing a video game. And then I feel guilt that I'm on my phone and I could have been doing something different. So there's everything she said from the happiness to the guilt and the shame. We experience that daily mm-hmm. in when raising kids, being a spouse, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of it, all of it. Yes, absolutely. Because we, I think for me, I can forget that I'm a human being. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. just the mom. I'm not just the wife. Mm -hmm. I'm not just the friend. Mm -hmm. You know, before all of that, beyond all of that, I can, I mean, if we want to talk about expectations, the expectations we have of ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how do Mm -hmm. I expect to handle raising a child when I've never raised a child before right you know mm-hmm. and when I didn't have anyone to raise me I was dragged up I wasn't raised you mm-hmm. know um how can I expect to have you know this amazing marriage uh when I didn't see any healthy marriages mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and I'm learning this and he's learning this and so it's it's recognizing that the sadness, the shame, the guilt, the joy, all of it is supposed to be there and it's okay Mm -hmm. that it's there, you know? And for both ourselves and other people and when we're managing the emotions of other people, we can expect that we're going to have our own reactions and responses to that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as as we wrap up, I I know there's a lot that the listeners can take from today because it's always good to just have an honest human reflection together. Um, I just want to know kind of right now with And Life Happened, what you guys are 
are doing? Like, what's your plan? Where's it going? Um, you know, tell the listeners a little bit more about um, what they will get from connecting with you guys. What an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jessica, did you want to share? Or you want me to share some things? Go for it. So I, I think and what happened as the resiliency community will always 100% stay that way, right? It will always be a community for people to have those like me too, or oh, I didn't think about that, or like, I'm going to take that away um, just to foster resiliency in others. And the podcast is to stay as the podcast and that's to share our stories um, because we are stronger that way, right? Every time, it, we just can I hear countless times, every time a story is shared where um, somebody's like, that resonated or, you know, like that really helped me out or whatever. Um, and so I think, you know, you heard Jessica and I both have people right at the center of who we are and our being. Um, and so those two things are super important for us. Um, but we're also, you know, forging paths and um, working to start a non-for-profit um, related to resilience um, off of the And Life Happened, um, you know, idea that kind of launched that. Um, and then starting another another piece um, related to people and um, where you know businesses and stuff like that. So um, very kind exciting. Of forking some paths here. <laughs> yes. We're Anything really to add? What, Samantha? What am I missing? Oh, I don't. I think that that's all we can share at this moment because it's oh. ready to launch you know yes. so it's kind of just a teaser of what we've got going on but we have a lot going on oh I love that and I'm so glad to hear that because what you guys doing what you guys are doing is so powerful even just a snippet of that the essence of that with you know us sharing tonight like you said I'm sure like just hearing you talk about you know getting upset as a mom and and that just gave me permission to be like yeah yeah it's just hard yeah it feels mm -hmm. hard because it's mm -hmm. hard you know or mm -hmm. hearing about 25 years of marriage and being like oh we got some time to go but it's it's possible to get there you know like this sharing of the stories is so important so mm -hmm. thank you guys for the work that you're doing sincerely um I don't know how much feedback you get on a daily basis but I I'm really grateful when I see you in, in my algorithm because um, at least it's, it's some positivity on the timeline and I love it. So you guys have to follow and life happen. I will link it below. Listen to the stories on the podcast. There are some incredible, incredible stories. Um, I'll link some of the chats that we've had as well, but Thank you both again so much for, for joining me and for sharing so vulnerably. And what I like to do at the end is just ask if there's any final words that you have for the listeners, uh, just words of wisdom for navigating relationships and the emotions that arise with it. Um, let the let the people know whoever wants to start. You know, I, I had a thought, Giselle, earlier you mentioned um, that you can talk to adults about expectations, but not necessarily children. 
Um, that's not how you worded it, but that's how my memory kept it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I wanted to say that I had an epiphany when you said that, because um, as a preschool teacher and then as a mom, um, I used to say when we would go places, my expectation is. Mm. So, you know, walking into the grocery store with my three-year-old, I would say to him, because he was having meltdowns, right, beforehand, I'd say, yep. okay, my, my expectation is that you're going to go in and you're going to behave yourself and there won't be any fits. And then we will leave. You will get to pick a sucker or whatever, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. This is my expectation. And, um, my thought on that was I've, like I said, I'm much better with children. And I was thinking, why can't I have that conversation with my husband and not in a directive mm -hmm. kind of way, not in a, my expectation of you is you're going to make dinner, but in, in a, Hey, I want to level set we've, we've found that our expectations aren't aligned. Mm -hmm. So my expectation going to dinner is that we're going to have a good time and there's not going to be stress. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had this epiphany that maybe I need to be saying, um, you know, what, you know, what, this is my expectation. What's your expectation. And then we can come to a meeting of the minds instead of our own thought spirals of what we think is actually happening. And, um, I'm going to use that, but also so that, you know, that it's okay to say to a child, my expectation of you is, and then you yeah. fill in the blank um, because they understand more than we give them credit for. So yeah. um, I used it with my class. I'd say, you guys, my expectation of you, and this was, you, I was young. My expectation of you is that you're going to be seated at the quiet at the table and quietly waiting for your lunch. And they would do it. They would rise to the occasion. Mm. And, um, and so you know, I mean, I didn't expect perfection of children. Uh, I tend to per expect perfection of adults <laughs> and I need to be better about that. But really, I'm, I'm going to try that. And again, like I said, not a way that I'm telling him my expectations of him as a human, but of what my interpretation of how this evening is going to go or the purpose of this trip is, you know, my expectation is blank so that he doesn't think he has to entertain me and make sure that everything's perfect. And also that I don't think that the reason he's grumpy is because he's a grumpy dude versus it's because he thinks he has to entertain me, you know, that kind of level set conversation. I love that. And yes, absolutely. I want you to tell me how that goes. I want to know the update on that because okay. I I can say that, you know, it's something that we don't think about doing, um, but it's such a simple and effective form of communication, but also to set the intention because just announcing that is like, okay, well, now he gets to decide if he also wants the evening to be enjoyable. Right, right. You know, and participate mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. So I love that so much. Thank you, Jessica. And Samantha, any parting words? Oh, gosh. I think just, you know, I keep listening to all of these things that you both are saying. And just the reminder that we're all human. Mm -hmm. We're all successful in messing up at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. And so really just um, allowing ourselves more grace um, in those instances that yeah, I might do something and mess it up and that's okay um, because I'm a human and I will reflect on it and think on it and make it different, you know? Um, it's okay. Yes, self-compassion is the key. Thank mm -hmm. you both so much for sharing your time with me, 
And I can't wait to hear the feedback on this episode. If you guys have enjoyed this episode, rate us on Spotify. Let me know. Leave a review on Apple. And do the same for the And Life Happened podcast. Share it with your friends if you so feel called to. Um, But I always love to know kind of what your biggest takeaways were from, from this episode. And even if that's just being kinder to yourself, that is the point. So with that... Sending you all love. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It would mean so much if you could subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends and family, and let me know what you think by going to my Instagram at mighty underscore emotions and connecting with me and letting me know what you loved about today's episode. It really means a lot that you support this podcast. And I love coming to you each week with a new episode. So be sure to subscribe. Let me know what you think and take care of yourself.